Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Stroh, and this is the State of Mind podcast, and we are live at Radio Regent Park. And today we have two very special guests, Amanda and David. We got connected through mutual friends sort of thing, through the loosely affiliated mental health community in Toronto. And so it's very nice that they're here. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So Amanda, can you tell us what's going on? Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name's Amanda, and I am one of two people that are here from Create Being. And uh, Create Being is a community, and we focus on mental health and um, and mostly with the focus of creative expression and mental health. And uh, what we do is a couple of things, but one and mainly is that we collaborate with people to share their mental health stories, and as artists, we create a digital art, and um, from that, we get them printed onto home decor, apparel, and stationery, and that way people can see and use their stories in a different way. And something else that we do is we have... Um, community engagements, so that includes workshops, and we have a calendar on our website so people can find things that are self-development, mental health, and creative expression, whether it be like panels and talks and workshops, um, so people can go to in the city. And we try to make it accessible so that it's ideally free. Um, but some things are do have a charge. Um, yeah, so if anybody knows any mental health um, activities or events in the city that are in those, like that kind of theme, please let us know because that would be really great to add to the calendar. Thanks, Amanda. And David, let's check if your uh, microphone's working. Hello. Yeah, it's fine? working. Amazing. All right. Awesome. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is David. I am the other half of uh, the Create Being with my lovely partner, Amanda. Um, a little bit about me. Um, Create Being was something that actually Amanda started long before uh, I came aboard as more of a movement on, on Instagram originally, and maybe she can speak more about that. And uh, and uh, it was something that I, I never thought I would be here right now. Uh, my background was uh, was in math. I did math after university. And uh, what? Hold on a second. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> you did math. I did math. Um, so high school, I really loved math. I loved everything about math. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. Um, and but I know I had to go to university because that's just what I thought I had to do. Yeah, and I went into mathematics. I went to Brock University, and uh, my program was mathematics integrated with computers and applications. So it was it was a four years honored program, all on mathematics <laughs> and with a focus on doing computer programming for mathematical models. Wow! And uh, it was it was amazing, and. Uh, Unfortunately, after I finished, I didn't know what I wanted to do and uh, decided to be a teacher. So I spent the next year um, doing after-school program with school-aged children from K to 6, tutoring part-time, volunteering, reading with children, and then got into teacher's college. And so I was doing what I thought I wanted to do. And 
Here what? you are. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, became a teacher and decided to, I did not want to be a teacher. And then after many years of uh, struggling, doing a lot of side jobs, night shifts, factory work, just a lot, a lot of work that I uh, was not fulfilling, uh, decided to go back to school for computer programming because <laughs> I love computers and um, got a great qual position and was hired on full time doing what I thought I wanted to do as uh, in, in IT and programming. And uh, due to mental mental health uh, struggles in my life, I had a bit of a of an anxiety breakdown. And after a lot of reflection, realized that uh, it was not what I wanted, and decided to work full time with my wife. Wow! Which brings me here today. Yeah, well, that's lovely. And so, maybe Amanda, you can tell us about how it all came to being. Yeah. So I think this was like. It was it was about three years ago. I decided I wanted to do something. I wanted to be. I wanted to start this Instagram account that inspired people. Because at the time, I didn't see a lot of inspiring messages when I was scrolling through. And so, uh, one. So I decided to do that, and I didn't know what I was going to call it. And I thought it was going to be this difficult decision to make, and. So I slept on it, and then I woke up one morning, the next morning, and Create Being popped in my head, and I thought, oh, that's a pretty good name. And at the time, I was, I naturally would have asked, you know, the the, the people around me, what do you think of this, and all that. And but for some reason, I just felt like, no matter what they say, I'm actually going to want this. So I just signed up for the account, and started doing that. And so it was just something I, I did on the side just for for my own, just for me and for whoever wanted to follow. And life happened, things changed, and what that means is that I um, – so I, I worked in a retail management position, and I found myself liking certain things but not everything, and – I moved up and did different uh, work, and I there was a point where I was doing. I, I was just at a point where I questioned where I was at the time and where I was going in the future, and they didn't match up where I really wanted to be. So, at that uh, around that time, I was also seeing a life coach, and she suggested that. Maybe I might have anxiety and depression. Just, you know, go check it out. And I was like, anxiety? Yeah, for sure. I have anxiety. I knew that. But <laughs> depression? I wasn't sure. And, uh, and I mean, now looking back, I was probably struggling with depression for a very long time without realizing. Um, so I, I'm, then I, I decide to call telehealth, which is in Ontario, uh, a healthcare service. I think it's 311 um, is the phone number. And you talk to a nurse. They ask you a bunch of questions and suggested that I get checked out uh, within the next 24 hours. I thought that was a little immediate. So I was like, okay, great. So what's the closest thing to being open right now? One of them being CAMH Emergency. So I went to CAMH Emergency, 
got asked my got questions asked, blah, 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 um, got my diagnosis of major depression and anxiety. And that's where things really shifted for me. And um, I mean, really, long story short, I, I took a year off and realized that what I wanted to do was really be in support of other people. I wanted to not only see my own development, but I wanted to in- engage other people in mental wellness and what creativity can do because I really saw it in my life as something positive and something that really gave me the opportunity to see what I can do with myself and who I am. So then I decided this is what I wanted to do for myself and for other people and jumped into Create Being as a quote-unquote business Instead mm-hmm. of just what it was, um, just like a, a social community thing. So that's what kind of re- like really long story short <laughs> of how it really started. Okay. I had a couple questions. The first was, uh, so you said you were aware of anxiety and that, and you're in this job and position. What maybe led to you getting a life coach or how – the reason I ask is because sometimes – or at least I th- when I think back to my own journey, I knew that I wasn't, I guess, performing or living my life in a way that I wanted to or was capable of. And so I was trying to get help outside of mental health help, basically. So I saw it similar to a life coach, but a personal trainer who kind of did both. And so I thought, oh, I just need to be better or stronger or whatever it was, more fit. Uh, And then that eventually led me to my bottom in a good way. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, I'm just curious. So that was the first question. And then the second one was, when you went to CAMH Emerge, how long did you wait? And what was that intake process like? And did you see a psychiatrist right then and there? Yeah. So life coach and then... Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, life coach. um, Trying to think back. I think overall, there was a bit of like an alarm bell in my head, like, where where are you going? What's happening? Where What I was doing at the time was, was good, you know, but I wanted more. Something wasn't hitting my heart. Something wasn't allowing me to want to wake up in the morning and feel like I am just myself and feel really good. I mean, at the time, we were both working and we we were actually we had we were um, like it was the most we ever have been paid. We were we were thinking this is it like this is awesome. This is where we wanted to be all this time. And funny, like we had no time for each other. We had no time for ourselves. And so there was a bit of that like life alarm that anxiety of what's happening and I felt like I was just losing touch of not only myself but of my life so I needed or I really wanted someone to just be outside of me to be able to help me through it and so I was really grateful I had a friend who recommended this other person it was it was just wonderful because it really like I I really am so grateful for for her because she was the one that helped me realize all of this. Does that answer? The yeah, question? that's awesome. great. Cool. Uh, and then the CAMH Emerge. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was actually a really quick process for me. I mean, I was there 
for I mean I was there for a couple of like three hours or so which I think in hospital life that's probably normal if anything that's quick (laughs) (laughs) so I wasn't you know too bothered by it I mean I I think I showed up there at like 9 30 or so and I didn't leave till like midnight or one so I think that's pretty quick that I Mm -hmm. got to see somebody um yeah yeah it was a it's so funny not funny it's not weird or funny like it's a strange process because it's not something you're, you, I, I did. Um, I'm not used to going to hospitals. I'm so it was. It was a little. I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't want to say it's weird, but it was different. That's for sure. That's for certain. And yeah, I did get to see somebody right away and got that diagnosis right away. And I mean, I think by that time I was just ready. All right, I was just ready to feel like myself again so I was just ready to like okay great that's diagnosis okay you know I mean I wasn't I I had a very hard time accepting it I I remember I kept thinking like the word major depression like I hear this like American Valley girl saying it in my head like major depression like it didn't make sense to me uh it was it wasn't real you know and so that was another journey having to figure out what those words put together meant and what it meant for for me in my life and how I saw my life moving forward a whole different trip right on and may I ask David actually what how was that Ah, whole. How was that whole process um, for you, or how was your relationship up until that point, and how were you guys relating to each other, maybe in that sense? Well, the time that uh, Amanda first went to, to KMH, I was in my in my uh, new position, and uh, so it, at that time, I felt like I was the supporter. I was the one that was had to be strong, which is an experience that I've actually had my whole life. And growing up in uh, my family life, I've always sort of embodied that sense that I have to be silent and strong. So I, I really saw that come through for myself when Amanda went through her experience, which I'm sure also uh, helped uh, lead to my own mental difficulties because... I, I wasn't expressing how I felt because it, as much as I wanted to support Amanda, I wasn't reaching out for support for myself. So it was actually, it was less than a year later that actually I ended up in the, in the emergency department of KMH. <laughs> so I have my, my own similar experiences with yeah. KMH as well. And I just don't want to interrupt you for one sec. So when David said that we all smiled, three of us, <laughs> And not, it's not that it's funny, but in some ways it's, I don't know what it is. When I, maybe when you've been there or when you can see someone's facial expressions telling the story, there's something that is warm and pleasant about this, you know, it's ah, finally I, w- I arrived home or arrived where maybe I needed to be or I stepped on the path to where. I needed to be going to or something like that. Well, it was just a nice moment. I wanted to, thanks. sorry for interrupting. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to add, I think this is the work that we want to do is let people know that they're not alone. We hear it all the time, especially when you're on online. And I'm all, I'm, I'm at this place right now where I'm like, well, where are you? 
who are these people? What do you look like? And that's, I think that's what's so great about being together in this place, right. space right now. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Sorry, yeah, Dave. And, and un- unfortunately, I mean, yeah, like I, I smiled when I said that because it's sort of like a sense of relief. Like I'm, unfortunately for me, and I think for a lot of people, it, it took a major breakdown for for me to uh, to get to that place. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, weren't, I, I wasn't listening to myself. So it was, that really was the start of everything. Right on. And did you have a similar experience in the, uh, I guess, did you call uh, telehealth as well? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we did. We, yeah. uh, we called. Um, I said we because Amanda was there for the whole process. Yeah. And uh, we called telehealth and they recommended that I, I, I go into the emergency department. And uh, I I did, mm-hmm. and it, it was un- it was a strange experience. It was like the most amazing walk there, because I felt like yes, I'm actually doing something. It felt right, but it was also the most terrible walk ever because it was just terrifying. Because I actually had to deal with this now. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been pretending for so long that it wasn't an issue, and. Uh, yeah, you you say, um, sort of. You didn't know, or maybe it was the first time that you. It's an it, it's so interesting those sort of layers of awareness or moments of realization, um, and I wonder. I assume uh, because of what Amanda was going through in her experience that maybe it made it easier for you to do so. Um, And I think that's maybe or maybe not, I don't know, but sort of you alluded to that. And then also I think that's what's so nice about the growing mental health awareness campaigns Um, It is that they are helping other people hear stories that they may relate to and then self-identify. And that I think... You know, from my experience um, in 12-step rooms, that's what's made them so incredibly helpful for so many people is because you get to hear other people's stories, then you relate to what they're saying and say, or, you know, there's a saying, take what you like and leave the rest or something along those lines. So you get to, you know, when you hear somebody say something you don't like, okay, whatever. Uh, but then you find things that are helpful. And I also one day will write about this, but the 12 step programs are ultimately what led to peer support, uh, programs being institutionalized. And so it's just been this beautiful manifestation of people sharing stories, being open and willing, and then other people hearing and then identifying and moving forward. Um, so I guess I think now the next stage, which uh, you through create being, um, you two are embodying, is the action steps or the what would the expression of action or change or advocacy or business, which I think is super duper cool. Um, what does that look like in real life? And I don't think we have very many examples because it's in the midst of creating itself, which you are a part of. So maybe can you share with us a bit about how 
you have expressed your experience through the business or through your clients or um, your own creativity? Uh, sharing. You, I don't know what it was, particularly what you said, but it was the idea that sharing and my experience of seeing Amanda go through her experience really did sort of shed light on it, it's it's okay for me to go through it too. So the experience of create being is that I've really seen the power of sharing. And it's something that I'm still not comfortable doing. And I'm getting more and more comfortable sharing myself. But as I'm seeing myself sharing more and others share more, it, it sort of gives permission to more people for more people to share more. Yeah, that's lovely. I think that's really key because um, that's really actually really great because this week I've been thinking about sharing and having these conversations, especially with, like you said, Mike, like the, the campaigns are all over right now, especially with Bell Let's Talk coming up and Blue Monday happening yesterday, you know. And uh, I think that when... Even if it's a small part of the conversation, we don't need to have a panel. We don't need to have professionals. Talk, you know, it, it could just be I'm not having a good day today and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Even just saying that is already a conversation mm -hmm. about mental health done. And that is, I, I think, a part of having the whole conversation. And that's a start for anyone to have. And I think with where we're like what we're doing right now the 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 main thing i've gotten out of it is community i'm really feeling like yes sharing is important but i'm and i'm also seeing like there are so many different groups and people and different styles of mental health that are out there and for us to know where they are what they do who, like who they are what they look like it's nice cuz then we're in a place of togetherness we're in a network and like which is why i like to go meet new people and see what they're up to and be able to share it with other people and it's also just part of this process like we have been realizing that it's the power is in the process not the end product and mm -hmm. going through what we're going through day to day um is just an example of how everything is just starting to un to like release itself, expand itself to be whatever it's going to be um, in, in its creation. Uh, the idea of the, I can't remember, something about the process or the beauty is in the journey or the process, which is such a nice place to be, I guess. I think, I know f certainly before I entered recovery, um, I enjoyed learning things, but I was so attached to what it was going to get me, so to speak, or where, you know, how is this going to get what I think I want at the end of the road, and then I'll be okay, or everything will be great, and, you know. Um, I think it's also quite an undervalued, again, it's the disconnection between we say things are important, and you also mentioned earlier sort of, there's all these words on Instagram, you know, you're not alone or smile or it's okay not to be okay, which that's one I actually have a big problem with because no, it's not actually. I mean, 
Yes, it's okay to have a bad day. But if you're not okay and you're not getting help or you don't have a way to help yourself in that regard or ask for help, then it's not okay. And that's not a condemnation. That's not a bad thing at all. It just means that I, I think it's unclear and I think people throw that word around way too much. And it's not okay. You know, if I see somebody in rough shape and they're not getting help from anyone, that's not okay. And I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to reconcile that or how if maybe I'm being a little too stubborn or something. Um, and then there was one other thing you said. I got sidetracked myself there. Uh, oh, yeah, Blue Monday, which is another disconnect, I think, between this idea that if we practice taking care of ourselves, in a sense, we start to at least from my observation of myself and others, we start to distance ourselves from these ideas that one day is better than the next. Mm. I, I And I wanted to ask you, I forgot to write them down, but in your bio on the website, there was a section there that spoke to the idea of good or bad or up or down or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Um, it was in the quotes that you were quoting from, I guess they were books or something. Um, I'm going to pull it up here and then we can get more detailed. But anyhow, I'm rambling on. And so the idea is living in the process and enjoying that. And sometimes it's easy to get pulled away. So I know when I don't think I'm getting somewhere, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. That's because I'm attached to an outcome that I think will make myself feel better rather than enjoying the process. Um, and I guess, so I can stop talking. David, can you maybe share um, how, you know, I guess your experience with the process um, of going through this and what that's meant and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, process over product is something that's been resonating with me the past month or so. And just that concept of being okay with where you are now. And like one of them, one of our designs, hello, I am enough. Yeah, like it's so me, good. Like I'm wearing this sweater <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's, to me, that really speaks to that because I feel like for a long time, like what you were saying, Mike, that like sort of like the end game, like if I get this, if I work towards this, I, that 100% was how I thought. And going through school, going through all those struggles, I felt like it was it was for a purpose. It was for the greater good. And once I had that certain thing, I would be okay. And uh, and the time I did have my my uh, like where I left work, everything was okay um, on paper. And so that was an example of when I had the product that I thought. Once I had, I would be okay. <laughs> and it was all, if it was all BS, <laughs> it, it, uh, it did not make me feel how I wanted to feel. And to me, the sense of I am enough really speaks to the concept of you have to be okay with where you are right now. You have to be comfortable in your own skin right now. It's not a matter of once I have this or once I am this. Or once I do a certain thing, I'll be okay. I'll be happy. No. 
it, it's great to want to expand yourself and to grow, but it has to come from a place of being enough right now. Lovely. I realize yeah. that, um, it, you know, they say like day at a time and or one <laughs> step at a time and going through the, a similar program myself, I realize that it's moment to moment. Like I have to, it's not even the full day that makes a difference. It's like the choices I make every moment matter and whatever I decide to choose and to not make myself wrong if I do something that doesn't, you know, might not be, you know, quote unquote, the, my greater good. Like <laughs> there are days that are going to be really, un, I'm going to feel unwell. I, I mean, there are days where I still feel like I, I, I'm so caught up in the end game. And I mean, that's what makes me human. That's the part of that process, right? I, I, we, we joke and we sometimes say like, oh, I forgot I'm not a robot. <laughs> and, and yeah, like I, it's really those choices that I, that I have to make. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's okay. Here, I found it on your, on this, on the website here. Okay. Uh, I don't, I guess I can't read the whole thing, but I'll just, Pick it up here, here. So, so those moments I felt I had no control and was anxious as to what I should do was my brain's way to sound the alarm on what I was doing or where I was headed. Question, questioned my values, um, which you spoke about before when you were talking about your life coach. Um, in this sense, this freedom in my thinking could have only come to existence through the rough patches of my depression. A lot of what gives us, a lot of what life gives us is in binary forms. Example, good versus bad, up versus down, begin versus end. You cannot witness one without the other. How can one know what joy feels like, or sorry, feels, looks, experience? I'm so bad at reading, excuse me. <laughs> How can one know what joy feels, looks, experience, or possibly tastes like if you have not also known what it could feel, look, or experience without. Some profound stuff right there. Um, excuse me for not reading it as eloquently as possible. Um, here, I'm going to let read the next part. When we let go of what was to see what can be, we have the courage to create a life that we deem free. And then you have a quote here. Freedom is the possibility of development, of enhancement of one's life, or the possibility of withdrawing, shutting oneself up, denying and stultifying one's growth. It is the nature of freedom to determine itself. And that's from May, Freedom and Destiny, 1981. Rollo May. Yes. So actually, that's a really nice reminder for me. Two things came up. Uh, nice reminder that I was definitely on an adventure after I was diagnosed and I had my time off because I was in search and I was in search for myself and that was an adventure um, a very exciting one because the canvas was blank 
and I was the one that was, I was the artist that could put whatever I wanted on there. I can glue stuff on it if I wanted. I can paint on it. I can whatever. And so um, thank you. That was a nice reminder. And also really nice to know that there's people listening or people reading. Like I, <laughs> like I wrote this stuff like a really long time ago in my mind. And I didn't necessarily think people were reading. And so now I'm, I'm seeing that. Oh yeah, like there's people out you're out there. <laughs> there's people out there that feel this way and that's really nice. There was a time where I really felt like I was yelling into the darkness and screaming into the darkness and I I felt like no one can hear me. And that was really um really hopeless. Um and so it's nice to hear Someone in the distance, like, <laughs> oh, I think I hear some noise, like, and it's not my echo, it's other people's voices, and that's really nice, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, do you do web design, David, or, or no, coding or anything I, like that with your... No, I no. don't. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, because web design, to me, is like the, the front end, and to me, it's, it's always like the back end, like the process behind... The, behind how things work that always appealed to me. So so web design has always been very I've been very like uh like like uh, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Like like re- very repelled by it. Yes. And I think that actually speaks to how I feel about or have felt about art and creativity in general. And it's always just been this scary unknown concept. And uh as I've been exploring myself more and seeing, and seeing how I've been growing with, uh, alongside Amanda, I, I'm really understanding that uh, a lot of this, these like of uh, uh, feelings of, of uh, objection that I'm feeling, are coming from a place of fear and just uncertainty, which for me are very uncomfortable. I mean, like in school, I, I took math, computer programming, like those are very very certain things. There's an answer. There's a way of doing it, and Although I found a lot of comfort in that, it it, uh, it hasn't served me in a lot of ways. It served me in some ways, but in a lot of emotional ways, it hasn't served me because it's. I feel like it didn't allow me to expand cre- uh, creatively, and like web design is always, yeah, it's always been very very scary, and I I, I didn't see it as an art form, but. Uh, Something that I do think I should explore in the future. <laughs> cool. Uh, and I guess that, so no coding or either you're not a, into coding or anything like that? Uh, yes. I, I'm not doing anything right now. But okay. yes, I'm definitely, I was into coding. Um, like my, my job was, was in IT and as a computer programmer and, and developer. Wow. And so what do you, I often, you know, you hear people say all the time, I'm in IT. And all, all that comes to mind is computers Computers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, can you just tell the world a little bit about IT? Yeah, well, I I, I can just speak to what what I did. Sure, personally, right, right. Because uh, it's it's a huge field. Um, so what I did for the company was was work on their uh, their CRM system. So CRM is a customer relationship manager. I got HubSpot for that. <laughs> <laughs> did you work for a company similar to HubSpot or no? no. It was actually a, it, it was a water filtration company. So it was a company that went to households and uh, installed water filters in, for, in people's homes. Okay. So um, 
I was very much involved with the back end. So I didn't deal with customer. Actually, I did deal with customer service, but but helping them with the technology. <laughs> right. Okay. So, wow, that's cool. So you would deal with all the code behind in the back end of their CRM process or whatever. Yeah. So when, when I was brought on, there was there was uh, we're going through a migration from the old system to a new system, and my job specifically was integrating it with with a few third party systems. Uh, like third-party vendors. So, like, one was, uh, like, for billing. So when a customer signed up on our system to automatically create a new custom in another system and create, like, a, like a billing platform for them on that, and one was, like, field management for the technicians. So it's integrating with all these different third-party systems. <laughs> oh, it's so abstract. So you would, at least to someone like me, um, so you would write, code that would connect those things basically is yes, that kind of I, thing I, yeah. I, I, I would just I'd be writing the like the raw code that would wow. just have all, everything talk to each other <laughs> that's pretty cool and I also think it's fascinating although I guess I can relate a little bit to the parallel or the I guess opposite uh, experience of sort of mathematical orientation or one plus one equals two versus let's create something <laughs> that relates to one plus one equals two. But there's no right answer, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I think that's actually maybe the part of the paradox of life and certainly of well-being and recovery is this idea that there are certainly concrete practices or ideas or ways of healing, but the expression of those things is different for everyone. Is that a absolutely. reasonable parallel or something? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I always thought math, science was always very incompatible with anything artistic or creative. And I saw that manifest on how I talked to myself. And I always mm. secretly admired artists. And I actually... I say I admired, but it was more of like a, like a negative, like oh, I don't like this, and it's because I, I, I wanted to be like that, and I thought I inherently wasn't capable of. Yeah, Amanda, were you gonna say something about that? Well, I think the thing that pops in my mind is there, there are times where I feel really like my ideas are free flowing and they're <laughs> all over the place, and you know. And then I'm thinking, I kind of wish I had something structured. I wish I had some sort of, like, way to put these all together and that made sense in some way. And so I think this is kind of what makes us work really well together is that we're so different. We have similar values mm -hmm. where we work really well together in those to those terms. But when it comes to the perspective, like seeing it from a different lens – and being able to um, borrow those ideas to to help each other, I think that's what makes it really powerful. Yeah, because for me, I like I like breaking things down. I like seeing the process and each step and how everything comes together. Um, I'm very good at being very analytical. And when I saw Amanda being very creative, at least in the past, it was just pure chaos to me. Mm. It's something that I just couldn't wrap my head around. So uh, what I'm learning and still learning is that it's it's somewhere in the middle. 
like there's there needs to be control there needs to be some order to it but also there needs to be some play and sort of uh, there needs to be uncertainty yeah actually this kind of makes me think of the term recovery because i think a lot of the time when or I, i should say for myself when i was in that place when i was getting help and that word kept coming up, and I, I guess in my mind, what word? Sorry, recovery. Recovery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and thinking that that was the end goal, right? Or that was the achievement, right? <laughs> and I realized, you know, because a lot of the time I like to break down words. I like to understand what they mean in general and what they mean to me. And I didn't understand this concept because to me it meant that I was I was going to be myself the way I was before. Right. And it's, and when we we're recovering, so I'm going, I felt like I was just going back. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that I was thinking, I don't want to go back. Isn't that the problem? <laughs> like, isn't that what got me here? Recover. Recover, right? So I just felt like I have a funny, I'm not certain how I feel about the word just yet. But um, I, I see for me that the recovery was more so an a ticket to the adventure of what can be. And so when I gave myself the space to go on this journey of what does it mean to be me in this space now that I know where I'm at mentally and who I want to become, then the recovery stage seemed very different than, you know, what I knew it to be. That's so nice. Um, when you say, uh, it's such a, actually a profound idea or shift of perspective. The, I don't want to go back to who I was, so to speak, you know, or maybe we, we want to be who we knew was there the whole time, but there was all this crap piled up on top of it. Um, and I think there's this, maybe it's, I guess it depends what sort of path you go down or what your perspective is while on the journey. But yeah, we actually are becoming either who we always were underneath the crap. I think that's a better way to say it. Um, But we don't want to be what we were before or we wouldn't be in search of recovery. And I think this is a weird paradox with all the this messaging out there that it's not that you're not okay the way you are because like the shirt, right? It's like, I am enough, no doubt. But if we are suffering and we know that, then we're in a place where maybe change is good and, and we want to be different or whatever it is, so to speak. And in the recovery movement, there's a lot of voice. Uh, and I, th- I find this more from the, um, institutional end. So that would be maybe doctors or nurses or caregivers. And I am generalizing. So <laughs> all of those out there who are one way or the other thinking, um, there's this idea that the client knows what's best for them. Or this is actually especially true in youth programming. You know, kids know what's best for them. So let's just let them direct whatever it is they're doing. And I just find that so unhelpful and so wrong because if I knew what was good for me, I wouldn't be on my knees in a hospital begging for help, so to speak. Um, And so it's just strange. And, 
you know, and the idea around this youth kind of thing, like youth know what's best and let's just let them whatever. And that also is uh, insincere, I think, naive and somewhat along the lines of almost codependency or this idea that I'm too scared to make someone else upset that I'm just going to allow them to continue behaving in a way that might not be helpful. So there's kind of a whole bunch of ideas piled up on one, but I don't know. I don't find it helpful that sort of we say people that are not well know what's best for them because it's like, well, no, they don't actually, or they wouldn't be here. So how can we help them maybe figure out what's best for them? And that's, I know, you know, the person who's helped me the most, certainly he never, ever, 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 told me what to do. He never, ever, ever told me what was right. He just sort of helped me figure out what, or helped me learn to figure those things out for myself. And so, I don't know, it's a it's an interesting idea and topic that isn't, I think, thoroughly discussed very much. And I just wonder what maybe your, how you see that idea, how that's applied to you, either of you. Um, and how maybe we can find some space in between, maybe something like that. Yeah, for oh, sorry, did you want to talk? Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I. What I got from that was, um, I realized that as you know, we're we're figuring out our workshop stuff and what we want to do with people, and and I, I mean, I know very clearly that everyone has their own perspective. To me, right. that's the thing that I. I honor in in people sharing their stories or their their viewpoint in life. That's the diversity part, and I want to give folks the opportunity to see something a different way, and so that they have the opportunity to see whether or not that's fit for them. So um, one example is that uh, Dave has been doing some art at home, and. Uh, which is actually really neat. So you might want to ask him about that later. But Pencil anyways, crayons yeah. and, and uh, um, Sharpies. But what's really cool <laughs> is that, you know, there's uh, circular shapes. And, you know, typically maybe you would use, oh, my gosh, what's that thing where you put the... the protractor? Is, isn't that a protractor, no. that thing? Pencil I'm not sure. Thing? You put pencil and then there's a this thing. It's yeah. A compass. It's a compass? Is it? I'm using compass. Okay. No, no, I know. But, like, that's yeah. what you would use for a, you know, a, compass, per, yeah. a quote, unquote, perfect yeah, circle. And so, you know, but then I, I found, <laughs> I, as I was going tidying up and I was going through stuff, I saw lids that didn't have bottoms, you know, th- things like that. <laughs> coins, he was going through some coins, and those became our stencils. <laughs> and, and to be able, even in your home, to see something and use it in a different way, mm. I think already gives an opportunity, like, for example, right? Like, gives an opportunity to maybe think, well, if you're seeing this object as not what its original intention was, but you're seeing it in a way that also you can use it, well, why not? So, I mean, I, I can't, right in this moment, I can't think of a, like, real-life scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Yeah, no, that's anything. really nice. And I think, personally, I think I get stuck in not seeing things for what they might not be right in front of my face, right? So if I'm... 
looking at a coin. I'm like, money, right. buy something. But it could be all these other, it, you know, in a sense, that's Absolutely. an example. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. people have used uh, a coin, uh, a token as a, you know, maybe you can uh, sew beads around it and it becomes a pendant. Right. Right. Or like yeah. a piece of jewelry. Um, maybe mm-hmm. you just start gluing it onto stuff and it becomes like a new art piece. Or a name tag that turns into a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. Uh, thanks. Yeah. What, what you were saying, I'm really happy you brought up the it's okay to not be okay. Because uh, I feel like that really speaks to how I was as a teenager. I I Deep down, I knew I wasn't okay. And that the things I was feeling I needed to express... And I, I didn't, I didn't know how to express it. I just no, I just didn't didn't feel good. But I felt like it was okay to be like that, and it was normal, and that I should feel like that. I just need to deal with it. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I I appreciate your, I guess, your opening to that part of yourself and your past. Because when we talked, we were talking the other day. You said something similar about this sort of persona or way of living where it's kind of let's show on the surface and express um, that we're strong and not feeling things and etc which has its time and place I think certainly but if it's never acknowledged or if it's not intentional because sometimes I do think it is important to say, oh, my God, I'm really having a hard time. Life is not fun right now. I hate everything. But I'm going to sort of suck it up for right now and then return to it maybe tomorrow or later or whatever. It's, you know, it's it's complicated in a sense or it's nuanced. And I think that gets lost a lot um, in these discussions around this kind of stuff. And so... One example, actually, was uh, last night. My son uh, was feeling uncomfortable in an area of his body. He was hurt, basically. And he's so sweet. Anyhow, he um, he's a really sort of courageous and brave little guy. Um, and it's I normally hear that from other people, Um and I obviously I can see it myself too, but it's, so it's nice to hear it from random other people. So, you know, you're not sort of deluding yourself, but you know, he comes and he's telling me that, you know, he, I may have to come into his bed later because he's really sore and he doesn't want to get out of his bed and come, uh, crying to me because he doesn't want his little sister to see him crying. Cause he's sort of a, a nice role model of, courage and bravery to her um and i just sort of luckily i was present so to speak and i was able to just say well you know ollie it's okay to cry because that also is a sign of bravery and courage and etc um or it can be and so just remember that it's okay you know and he he was like oh yeah okay yeah okay and then he sort of just wandered back to bed but it was anyway it was one of those moments of it's not always one way or the other, and it can be in between. And it sometimes it is okay to. I think you, Amanda, you said something earlier about uh, deciding or something in the moment, or 
about what path I'm going to choose. It might always be good for me. You said that. That's what he said. Um, and I think that's okay. And I know personally, I have a hard time with eating unhealthily. Um, and one of my practices from my teacher, my meditation teacher is, well, she, I still actually, I think I did it once, but I should do it more. She said, why don't you write yourself a letter or why don't you write a dialogue between the voice inside you that says, this probably isn't good for me. And then the other voice that says, I'm going to do it now. Nothing's going to stop me. Like you can't tell me what to do yet. You know, that kind of thing anyway. So, and like I'm getting better at really consciously, even before uh, I came here this morning, I'm sitting in the car. I did a meditation and then, that voice is like, you need to go to Tim Hortons and get a coffee and a donut. And, a, you know, and, a, and the other part of me says, no, I probably don't need to do that right now. Uh, I definitely don't need to do that. And the other voice, you're not going to tell me what to do. Anyhow, that's the dialogue. And I tried to breathe with it and sit with it and just consciously said, I'm going to go and do it. I know it's not the right, necessarily the right thing, but it's that maybe more nuanced, thorough understanding of, it's okay, and yeah, I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Absolutely, okay, it's yeah. okay. I think like, it, it's nice to hear those voices because, yes, the vo- that ne- like quote-unquote negative voice can be very dangerous at times when it's feeding into something that is ultimately not healthy for us, mentally, physically, safe, all that kind of stuff. But it can be really good for those moments when you feel like you need some fire, you know, like... I don't want to listen to somebody else. I'm going to listen to myself. You know, like that's still the same voice in some way, mm-hmm. right? So the voice isn't always terrible. And um, I think in in some ways, too, we ha- we give ourselves that opportunity if we, you know, do something that we typically don't feel like we necessarily should, like eat a donut, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, then what does it feel like when I do? So when I... I know for me, when I eat too many French fries, like that's my vice, right? That's the thing. That's my comfort food. That's also the food that makes me feel really low. So when I do eat it, how do I feel after? If I feel fine, okay, I feel fine this time. But the next time, if I don't feel so good, you know, that's something to really take note of. I think this is, I think that's what it means to, it's like having a chart, you know, and and you just kind of... um, Take note of the things that happen and how it makes you feel. And I think that's part of the self-discovery and the unravel of what it means to be who you are. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I I don't want to make myself feel bad about certain things because ultimately then I'm really self-harming mentally, right? Like I'm really harming myself by talking down to myself. I mean, I do that already. It's enough, right? Oh, man, yeah. And yeah, I think that yeah. speaks to just just being mindful of that little voice in your head. And lately, as we mentioned, I've been experimenting more with with making my own art, and uh, it's been very enlightening because I'm realizing how many rules that I had in my head of how things should be done, and they that that like the way things had to make sense, and. Uh, at our condo, we have like these really big glass sliding doors, and I've been just using sharpies on those, and it kind of feels like writing on the wall. <laughs> yeah, is it easy to clean? 
Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, we tested it yeah, before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we tested it before. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm noticing as I'm going through it and doing more and more art, I'm, I'm just doing more. I, there's, there's less stopping me. And there, there was so much discomfort as to like choosing which color to use next mm-hmm. because what made the most sense. Mm-hmm. And just, just listening to myself I couldn't believe the things I was saying, and there was one experience. And uh, uh, going to McDonald's, you know those little stickers you get for like the free coffee. Yeah. And uh, I put them on the back of my phone just to, to, to collect them. And I used to put them like in a very grid pattern, very particular. And last time, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna put them. They're totally both askew. I'm like, I'm gonna see how that felt. And Man, it felt like really wrong. <laughs> but like I, I, I knew nothing was gonna go like nothing was gonna happen, mm-hmm, but just mm-hmm. like little things like that. Does how does it make you feel? And like just questioning, why do I feel like that? And I got over it and nothing bad happened. And then I realized I wow, I had a rule about how I put stickers in the back of my phone. So just all these little rules that I mm-hmm. that I'm just noticing in my head. Have you ever done C B T? I'm that's a CBT well that might be part of a CBT yeah I, I had yeah. it before but with my uh, therapist now that I've been seeing for a couple of months we're beginning to so cool it's an exercise yeah, that yeah, is yeah. still new to me but yeah nice cool that's awesome <laughs> um, man that it, I, when you were sharing that I had sort of the chills I guess or the goosebumps because I was uh, warmed, warmed, warmed by the acknowledgement of that ever-present criticism or judgment. It's like, this isn't right. It has to be this way. No, it has to be that way. No, you're not doing it right. And no matter what you do, it's going to be wrong. So ha, 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 you can't win kind of thing. Oh, it's horrible. That's a voice or that's a part of me that is often trying to cause suffering for me uh, my therapist calls it the gremlin there's a book taming your gremlin i think we talked yes. about it the other day yes. which is great um and then back to the just one thing i wanted to add to the thing about the food and the eating um, my psychiatrist i got a new one and he's so great um and he actually does therapy at the same time which is hard to find in the psychiatric world these days because my psychotherapist is going to retire and so he's like you should go to this guy because he does both anyhow uh i was telling him about the food and the eating and that dialogue and and he just sort of said you know well sometimes i go home and eat a box of donuts too and that's okay you know sort of this idea of sometimes it's totally okay to just do that doesn't mean anything so to speak right and then amanda what you said which was also really helpful as a reminder to me it's this sort of being able to check in while it's happening or before and after and noting how that feels and i think it's funny you you talked talking about david talking about the art and there's parts of me certainly I haven't yet explored with that stuff. And I think I'm scared to similar to what you're saying about doing the art and being sort of 
being scared or resentful or pushing it away because I'm scared of what I might find or discover or the discomfort of doing that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyhow, scared. yeah, yeah. I'm scared. I, I've realized that I'm really afraid of putting my pencil onto paper and drawing. And it terrifies me to the point of not doing it at all. And when I recognize that, like, when I do it, I am lit up. Mm. I can't do it at <laughs> night because I am awake. It fires me up. And when I, and so it's such a contrast, right? Yeah. But the thing is that I realized is that I am, I'm, I expand when I do something that touches who I want to be or who I am mm. and, and what I see when I explore and how I'm so afraid of what I imagine in my head not translating onto paper and that miscommunication for myself I'm afraid of miscommunication with other people and so when it's even to myself that's even more shocking there's more I feel that gremlin even more that monster hmm. monster and yeah and, yeah. and so when, but but and what I also know is that when I keep practicing that voice or the um it's not as strong. Like I can, I, the communication is really fluid, and so th- in that way, I realize practicing is another thing. And, I, and then I realize pra- practice is in everything. I might be so used to getting up in the morning and doing my routine, but every day is different. I still have to do it every mm-hmm. day, and that's what makes it different because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Anything? Um, to that? One thing, uh, talking about doing art and doing things that are scary, uh, just I just want a little, I have a little asterisk. Yeah. Make sure to do it <laughs> safely. Um, for, for me, it's doing it in my own home. <laughs> uh, because if, if I were to do experiment with art around other people, I think it would be, I think it might be traumatic for me. So so whatever you do, just make sure whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're doing it safely. That's great. Um, yeah, that's really nice and helpful. I think I'm trying to think of a, another example of that, that maybe people get ahead of themselves and then they think, oops. Um, who knows? But yeah, I think that's great advice sort of. I think part of that takes some humility maybe or honesty mm-hmm. to say, I want to do something different that might push the boundaries, et cetera. But I also acknowledge that doing it in a a way that's maybe a little more soft or kind or slow or whatever, I don't know what the words are, um, is probably better. And I noticed this thing inside me that is so, I'm such a, I think because I was, got in trouble a lot as a kid. Anytime I have this idea that I shouldn't do something, I can't do something, or it's a bad idea, it's just everything in me wants to do it. Just to say, like, give the finger and be like, hey, hey you know me. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, oh, sorry. Yeah and, yeah, and I feel like it's like one to a hundred. Like for me, it's all or nothing. If mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to finish this project, I'm going to do it and then complete it, not give space for anything else. And one of the best advice that I received was small steps. And so one of the things that I struggled with, because I, I did yoga before, and I, so it, what is it, typically an hour. And there was a time where I, even now I, I struggle with this, where an hour is way too much for me. 
And so, okay, well, what does like 20 minutes look? 20 minutes at the time, way too much as well. And so somebody said to me, well, what if you just did one vinyasa, one flow? How, how, how would that feel? If that's too much, well, let's break it down even more. What's the smallest step that you can take? Right now, I'm trying to practice getting up in the morning to get to that place where I'm actually physically doing yoga. So I'm trying to wake up early. And what that looks like is that I'm still in bed. I'm, my, I'm on my phone, but I'm not sleeping because I want to train my, my mind to know like, oh, this is time to get up. And I'm not even there yet. So it's the smallest step. I always ask myself like, what is the smallest step I can take? And what's the smallest step from that? And if that step is like completely doable, it's good to start and know like then, then there's more thereafter. Cool. That's lovely. Uh, since we are winding down on time, I wanted, there are two questions. I wanted to ask you the first was, um, the first time actually that I heard about you uh, and create being was, uh, our mutual friend Meshach. We were at a meetup thing. Uh, I don't know, whatever this thing at CAMH for the the high school education thing that we do. And he had the shirt on that you made with him, right? And I was like, "That's a cool shirt. Where'd that come from, or whatever?" And he said, "Oh yeah, this create being, or you know, he gave whatever. I don't remember exactly what he said." So I'm just curious how, because um, you sort of described how the business works before, but how, how does that shirt come alive? And so did they come to, you met them somehow and they said, we want to make a shirt and you said, okay, let's do it. And then however long later there was a shirt. <laughs> like, how does that yeah, work? Shout out to mindful MCs. They yeah. are a hip hop group in Toronto that, uh, share their experience, uh, mental health experience through art, uh, through their, their music and they have shows so please find them online and on instagram i'm in love with them <laughs> but yeah i um so how we met was through a camh program called learn and i was there uh that's how we met and um how that after that it was it's all collaboration everything that i do i believe in collaboration and working with people because you know i've done things alone it's not i can't do things alone I have to do with other people, like being in this room with you mm -hmm. guys. And so um, what that looks like is it, it can be really different because I, I've done this with a bunch of different people and it really comes down to what do they want and what can I do? And it's just like this mashup of what we can create together. Um, with Meshach's shirt, he knew the words. He knew the vibe. And so I, uh, you know, worked on what that could look like and, you know, based on my skills, what I can bring out. And so it's, it's a constant conversation of what that ends up being. And ultimately, like all the things I do, it's about, how, you know, I'm, I'm always asking, like, how does it feel? How does it feel when you are wearing it? How does it feel when you look at it? Or, you know, if it's an event, like when you walk into a space, like what's the what's the vibe there? Because it's all about how do we feel when we're with people? How do we, you know, whether it be we, we leave a conversation and, you know, so it could be a person, it could be a place, like um, it's about the emotion. Um, so that kind of is where it stems from. And, you know, what story do we want? What story or what part of your story do you want to tell? Because, yes, you know, it's your mental health story. 
it could that's huge you know mm-hmm. there are days right. when i feel great and then there's days where i don't feel good and what part do i want to hone in on what part do i want to honor cool um another thing that i think is lovely about what create being is embodying is um the idea of serving others or being of service in a in a sense that is um genuine so there's i don't know if anybody sees that guy uh Oh, Gary Vandercheck or Gary V. He's a pretty overt guy who's very braggadocious, perhaps, is the word. Anyway, he always talks about, um, what does he talk about? Uh, serving people or something, you know, nobody, the problem the problem with people today is they're too selfish and da-da-da-da-da. Um, and so he always says, you know, be of service to other people. And I don't know why he came to mind, but one of the fundamental principles of maybe a spiritual life or a more open life is this idea of service. And with a business, I know personally that's been a challenge or it's been a a really enlightening and helpful path. So when I set out, I said I'm going to be of service to other souls, basically, spirits, uh, to help reduce their suffering. And so anytime I find myself coming up against this, uh, I guess, rigidity or sense of I'm not good enough, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, I always have to check myself and say, well, are you doing this because you want something or are you doing this because you're trying to serve people? Uh and that's where that gremlin starts to creep in. But I'm just curious if you could share how create being balances those things. Cause it, and, and perhaps it changes over time. Um, and maybe how people can reflect on if they say they want to be of service or to help people, um, are they aligning their actions with that? And it's not, it doesn't matter one way or the other, I don't think. You know, you don't have to be of service to other people, so to speak. But if you say you are, then you should be backing that up with action. And huh, anyhow, that was a bit of a explanation. But you yeah. guys are so good at connecting and, and doing what you're doing. So I just, I mean, one, to learn myself. And two, just, yeah, it's helpful, I think, for people to hear what that looks like and how you've managed it or i mean you're still early in the journey but yeah what does Thank that look you. like yeah uh one thing that comes to mind is uh recently on a podcast amanda and i were listening to is you spoke about a rhythm of disengagement which to me speaks to me because i did no it wasn't, oh okay it wasn't okay sorry i was like sorry, wow was, that's did that's you, did you say something about it uh, no i don't think oh, so but okay. i was like uh, yeah i'm smart what? i'm cool <laughs> but the idea of of, of uh, disengaging and i i'm very introverted so it's listening to myself and knowing when i just need to just hit the brakes and just be by myself mm-hmm. so that's how i manage manage being of service and also looking after myself so just knowing when to just 
I don't want to say shut the world out, but just just be by myself and just do me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. One, well, one of the ways um, the business does that, how it supports the community, is that we do donate 20% of the things that we sell and, and our services to three different mental health organizations. One is CAMH, the other is Stella's Place, and the third is Full Circle Art Therapy. And that's our way of giving back to the community and other, also letting other people know that there are these places and services out there. And I think what Dave said was great. Yeah, it's so important to take breaks for ourselves, especially if you're in the in the serving mentality. I mean, I'm real. I feel like I'm really good at helping, at like wanting to help other people. I would put myself last on the list, and as a result, because I've done it for so long, what happens is that I, what I actually want to do, can't be done because I'm not energized enough to continue giving. And so when I when I do um, recharge, I'm able to do what I really want to do. You know, I, I mean, it, I feel like hesitation even saying that I want to create harmony in this world. And and I recognize that I'm going to be doing it through this this way um, in my small part. And that fires me up. So and that can be, you know, that can also be kind of um, uncertain when you feel so fired and passionate about something, mm-hmm. but then you get burnt out, Right. Um, and so it's so important to know like who you are, what what you're thinking, and and knowing your supports. It's very valuable. Lovely. Um, do you have any last words uh, for today um, before we say goodbye and close? Anything? Just shout out the website too, and do that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, do that. Um, first of all, just, yeah. just listen to yourself. Um, you don't always know what's right for you, as we were talking about. Yeah. But listen to yourself and just get in practice of be in conversation with that little voice in your head and not just brushing it off and just just listening to yourself. Thanks. Um, for me, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for having us, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole process, like, it's scary. Um, and what I mean by that is that Mike's not scary. But like this whole this being, you know, like sharing what we do is is like it's a little scary. And, um, you know, sharing what we we think online and, you know, letting people know that they're not alone. Like I still have to reach out. It means I still have to get out of my comfort zone. And so um, I appreciate that there are people out listening, still listening and um you know, cheering us on, feel free to follow us on our website and our Instagram and let us know, like, there's a lot of stuff that we want to do. And um, I'm throwing it out there because I'm, I'm so afraid of starting. It's like, we want to do workshops, we want to have another other ways of connecting with people, we want to create more, um, like mentally health, mental health, like, um, products in our shop like let us know if that's something that you want because ultimately it's all about us as a community I what are what are we doing you know like without without the community this is just a person just I don't know doing like making art but like there's not it's not a, a 
there needs to be a group, right? And I want to be, I want us to be connected. And so feel free to connect with us on Instagram, on our website, createbeing.com. Instagram is createbeing. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you think that we need, we should start a podcast because I feel like we can talk forever about this stuff. Um, let us know <laughs> what you it. want because it's, <laughs> it's about you, right? It's not about us. It's about us together. Awesome. And the, I'm, the last thing I'm going to say is about 10 minutes ago, Amanda said, uh, breaking things down into micro steps or what's the next thing I'm going to do? Or can I just do one flow? Uh, or can I just do half a flow or whatnot? Um, and I think that is a wonderful piece of advice um, that really actually can transform the world in a lot of ways. So if you're, in, you know, at any point really, but if there's something in particular that's hard or you're having a hard day or whatnot, can you actually break it down to the next thing? And my mentor uh, always says, you know, what's the next right thing to do or what's the next right action? So literally if I wake up and I'm so miserable and I hate the world and I'm scared, can I drag my ass to the washroom and brush my teeth? Literally, that is my purpose in life mm -hmm. is to go from my room to the washroom and brush my teeth. And then when I can do that, it's beautiful. Like that was the next thing that I could do and I did it as best I can and et cetera. Um, and then from there, it's can I go and eat breakfast? Oh, geez. Yeah, I can go and eat breakfast or maybe I can or maybe I can just force myself to drink a glass of water. Um, and then, you know, that's sort of at the super micro difficult stage. And then there's other ones along the lines of, can I just answer this email if I'm trying to work and I'm so, um, messed up in my head and I can't think straight. I can't focus that. That's what can I meditate? Can I go for a walk? Can I call somebody like, Whatever it is, it's really is breaking it down into those little moments and and just p trying to take it slowly, but and really valuing that moment too. That's another thing we talked about the journey. It's the journey, and if you can value each and every moment um, with as much curiosity and openness, so to speak, and um, cherishing or wonder. I love that idea of wonder. One of my teachers always encourages us to journal when we're in session or in group. Uh, the homework is always, can you take a moment and imagine um, uh, imagine something or be curious and open to the beauty and the wonder in the world? And if you can pull that into your little moments, it's really awesome. Um, okay, I'm going to stop talking. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I'm going to try to get this radio back on. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Thank say you. bye to Amanda and Dave. Until next time. Thanks, Radio Regent. Uh, this is the State of Mind podcast. Peace. <laughs>